thank you so much for listening to the Kathy Lee Parker Show for coming on board with me. I have Michelle Salta, and she is a health coach, and she's got a lot to tell us about healthy foods and a better way of living. Welcome, Michelle, to my show. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started started becoming a you know as a professional health coach yeah so i made a drastic career change back at the end of 2011 i actually was in higher education publishing for over 20 years and i was really frustrated with doctors and doctor i would i had a couple things that i struggled with throughout my life skin issues and uh gastro um issues, gut issues, digestion, acid reflux, and doctors just want to hand you a prescription that masks symptoms. And so I started to research natural ways to um, solve my issues, and I just had a passion to help people. So I quit my publishing job, and I took a year. I did a year-long certification program Mm -hmm. to become an integrative health coach. So I've been doing it for nine years now. Oh, congratulations. That's all, you know, the stuff inside out. And you've probably seen a lot of changes throughout the years with the health industry. Oh, yes, definitely. And uh, tell me about this uh, true cellular detox practitioner. I mean, tell me about the cellular detox. That fascinates me because I hate to say it, everybody has that issue. Do you agree? some form of cellular detox? Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, so a couple years after I had been doing the health coaching, I had a really difficult client who suffered from mold illness, and he was trying to do these detox protocols on his own outside of working with me. And he was having these really um, strong detox reactions. He was... he broke out in a rash all over his body. His chronic fatigue actually had worsened. So I started to research detoxing and I discovered that he was detoxing too quickly and too strongly for what he was going through. And I stumbled upon the work of uh, Dr. Dan Pompa, who happens to be up in Park City. He had suffered from uh, mercury poisoning many years before, and it took him a couple years to figure out what was going on with him, and when he figured out it was the mercury from having amalgam silver fillings taken out improperly, he um, had to figure out a way to detox himself, so he developed this protocol, and I presented the protocol to my client, and he wanted to do it, and so... I actually had to join the organization and be trained, and so I've been doing the True Cellular Detox since uh, 2017. And it's really helped me take my practice to a whole different level. I'm able to help people um, uh, much uh, deeper and more effectively than before. Hmm, Interesting. I find that um, I didn't know. So there's certain levels of detoxing. When I think of detox, it's, I just think only maybe one method, but there's quite a few levels of detoxing, would you say? Oh, absolutely. So a, a lot of people think, you know, 
they do like five day cleanses or 21 day cleanses and those kinds of detox never get deep enough so and they never get to a cellular level so you actually need certain supplements that are small enough and powerful enough to actually go within the cell and draw out toxins and heavy metals what and, and it actually crosses the blood brain barrier and pulls out heavy metals and toxins from the brain no way um what do you yep. think about um heat um uh, saunas that you go for like days on end you know what i mean they have these camps where you yeah. go are they good for you are they you yeah know? saunas and infrared saunas um sweating those are all other types of detoxes uh -huh. they they don't go deep enough but it is a great addition to true cellular detox for sure uh -huh. i had some a uh, friend he was going to open up a like a camp um sweat lodge yes a sweat lodge in missouri and uh, uh -huh. Yeah, he passed away, but anyway, of other you know, other issues. But he was opening up a sweat lodge in Missouri, and he kept saying, "Kathy, you gotta come out, you come out." And I was a little nervous about the sweat lodge because, what if you're in there? You have to stay in there for a long, long time. They don't let you mm -hmm. go in and out like whenever you feel like it. And I'm like, "Dang it, what if I'm dying?" <laughs> but what do you think of their yeah. sweat lodges? It's another sweat is another way that you um, get rid of toxins so you get rid of toxins through your urine through your bowel movements through your skin and sweating so I think all of those methods um, work together uh -huh. hmm. yeah. what about yoga he can be uncomfortable uh, yoga is great too. Um, Sweat lodge, like hot yoga. Yeah, hot yoga. I, really quickly, Michelle, I tried one up in you know when I was in Park City, staying in Park City, Utah, uh -huh. and I it was really close to my home. Me, and my girlfriend went, and every time we come out of there, we look at you like, wow, that was so good. <laughs> but uh -huh. I think like we need a little extra push, like we need something else mm -hmm. besides the, just the right. um, the sweat you know, going through a heat and maybe learning to eat right. different foods and, and everything. And Michelle, would you, right. I mean, because of the coronavirus, um, would you do a Zoom with somebody or a few people and you look at their kitchen, you walk them through, okay, everybody look up, open up your refrigerator, see what's in there. Do you do anything like that and help us clean it out? And, and see I, what foods I that could, we're eating? Yeah, I, I'm actually developing an eight-week course mm -hmm. right now, and it's geared to women. And that is actually one of the things that we will be working on is identifying what's in your pantry, what's in your refrigerator, what needs to get cleared out. I haven't actually thought about having somebody open the refrigerator with their camera and me looking at it, but that's a great idea. I like that. With their cupboards and see what they got in Yeah. Because, you know, I bet if you came into mine, you might say, oh, Kathy, this is why you're gaining weight. You'd be pulling <laughs> stuff out and saying, no, 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 you can't eat this. Look at all this pasta you have. <laughs> 
else. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think we can eat pasta. I don't know. I want your advice. But can you eat pasta if we eat a little bit of it, but not on a, you know, huge amount? Is that correct? Well, I, I'm Italian. I grew up in a, um, I'm half Italian, so I grew up eating pasta. Um, I don't eat wheat pasta now for a couple reasons. Oh. It's too high carb. Mm -hmm. It's just empty calories. And if you're eating conventional wheat that isn't organic, then you're eating a product that has been um, sprayed with glyphosate. And that is something that you can't wash off the wheat. And so that is a toxin that um, upsets the gut bacteria and it causes tox cellular toxicity. So those are two reasons why I don't eat pasta. So I, I have pasta substitutes that I use, like zucchini noodles or spaghetti squash. Um, there's palmini noodles, which are made of hearts of palm. There's shirataki noodles that are made from konjac flour. Uh -huh. And so that's what I use for pasta substitutes. Oh. Yeah, because I thought, yeah. if I invite her to my house, she would say, you got too much pasta, and look at all this wheat bread, and look at all this stuff you have. And, uh, what about rice? You know, the, um, Japanese eat a lot of rice, and they're always thin. Mm -hmm. But but then I hear, on the other hand, rice has so much um, calories and you know carbs. Excuse me, carbs mm -hmm. that will make carbs. you yeah. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know. Do rice really have a lot of carbs? It does. Um, I eat a little bit of rice. There's a couple of tricks. If you cook rice, refrigerate it, and then reheat it, it actually becomes a resistant starch, and then it doesn't raise your blood sugar like if you just made the rice and then ate it right then. So cook it, steam it, whatever you do with it, and then refrigerate right. it for how long? Just as long, you know, once it gets cold, hmm. so next day. Or if you cooked it in the morning and had it for dinner later that after evening, would that be okay? Yep, yep, that would make it a more of a resistant start. Hmm. I wonder if that's how come the Japanese are so skinny and, and some of the other Asian people, they eat a lot of rice, so they must do something with I that before they eat it. Um, that's an interesting question. I really haven't studied it much. I think that genetically they probably can handle the higher glycemic load than other cultures. Uh -huh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I got another question to ask you because I know there's my men that are listening in that are meat lovers <laughs> that mm -hmm. love their meat. What about red meat to medium, rare? Which is the best? If I went out and got a steak, which is the best to when someone you order it at a restaurant? Yes, way to, well, first I would like to say that if you're going to eat red meat, that you should be eating grass-fed meat because the fat profile is completely different than conventionally raised beef. No way. So... Yeah, so now we've got our piece of meat that's hopefully grass-fed. The more it's cooked and the more charred it is, then the more 
um, toxic it becomes. So really, the rarer you can eat it, the better. Really? Huh. Yeah. I was wondering why when I always had dates and stuff, they always order steak and they would eat their meat red. <laughs> and like, mm. <laughs> it's like, come on, just just don't cook it. Let's, let's just give it to you. <laughs> but that's yeah. why. Wave it over the flames. Yeah, just as flame. Yeah, just wave it. And here you go. Here's your dinner. <laughs> but what about um, like turkey, chicken, talk, you know, talk about a little bit. I mean, I have some meat lovers out there or pork. What about mm -hmm. pork these days? Is that pretty good? Is that still okay? Or um, It's still, yeah, especially if it's pasture raised. So if you're, again, if you're eating conventionally raised pork or conventionally raised chicken or beef, those animals are eating um, toxic feed that has been sprayed with glyphosate. The feed has been um, genetically modified. And so then the animal is becomes what it eats. So that's why if I'm for all of these animal proteins, but you just have to eat a cleaner version that has been pasture raised and it's been fed clean food. And then all of those meats are healthy for you. Hmm. Interesting. That's good. So, so when you see something organic, you know, chicken or something like that, that it's been fed very well. Is that correct? Well, but yes, it should be. Now the best, the highest quality foods or meats are the ones that are raised on small farms. Um, you know how the farmer has treated the animal. Um, uh, there's still some mass-produced organic raised animals and eggs out there that can be questionable. So, for instance, like you might see eggs that say they're organic and cage-free, but that could mean that the chickens were raised in a giant building all crammed together and they're not technically in a cage, but they're in this big building all jammed together. But because they've been fed organic feed, they're considered organic chickens. So there's also, you might see eggs that say pasture raised. Um, then those chickens should be able to be out on free able to roam freely on grass and they eat worms in addition to their feed. Uh -huh. uh, you might see eggs that say all organic, all vegetarian fed, uh -huh. but chickens aren't vegetarian. <laughs> chickens in that. the wild, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. they eat worms and they eat insects. Ew. So if you have a, if you see eggs that say organic, all vegetarian fed, I always run away from those eggs because I want a chicken that eats its natural diet, not a vegetarian diet, because veg chickens aren't vegetarians. Right, right. Yeah, I saw that just yeah. the other day at the supermarket, you know, looking at some eggs, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But as I walked away, and I'm like, that, I'm going to ask Michelle mm -hmm. about that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I can ask her about those eggs. But anyway, um, eating a hard-boiled egg to fried eggs, you have those like once a week or once every other day, which is good for a diet. Really, eggs 
eggs are not a problem, no matter how many. I I probably eat 10 eggs a week what? on average. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they're okay? They're not going to yeah. make? So it doesn't matter if it's fried, no. boiled, or whatever. It's still okay. Uh, so the, the least, um, if you do eggs over easy or poached, the least, amount of cooking you do to the egg preserves its nutrients the most. Okay. So prob when you scramble an egg, that probably makes it the most oxidized. Um, for the most part, I do my eggs over easy, so that's with runny yolks. Uh-huh. I, um, I, I put mine in a microwave. I got this microwave dish. And I put it in there for like, uh -huh. I don't know, 24 30 seconds <laughs> and I open it up and then there's my egg. <laughs> so is that pretty safe compared to frying it? I am not a big fan of the microwave. I pretty much the only reason I use my microwave is to sterilize my sponge. <laughs> uh, so, so you use the, the micro. Okay. Yeah. So you're so you're better off actually making your egg in a pan. Okay. In the microwave oven. Okay. Yeah. If I saw, if I show you how it comes out, you're like, doesn't that look good? It's just like they do at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, <laughs> now good. I was going to show you, I, you know, we had everybody's listening in. I know Michelle from networking meetings here in Salt Lake City, Utah, and Park City, and uh, I, we had a meeting today, Zoom meeting. And I hate to tell you this, but I was having a hamburger and fries. And I was going to tease you and say, look, Michelle, I'm eating a carrot. Look at my carrot. <laughs> oh, it tastes so good. But anyway, so what do you think about these fried foods and like at the hamburger places, things like that? I try to find the good ones, you know, that give me a really nice mm -hmm. hamburger. But, you know, um, I hate to say it. I do love once in a while good fries. But I know they're not good for me. I know, I know. I Chew know. me out, Michelle. I like, out. A, I like a good fry every once in a while. But I definitely know it's, it's a treat. And I know that it's not good for me. But I will have a few fries here and there. So the problem with fried foods is that the oil gets oxidized. Even if you're using, like, an oil that's supposed to be cholesterol-free, just uh -huh. the act of heating up that oil and using it over and over, it it oxidizes the oil and makes it toxic. So French, French fries is something that you want to have. It has to be such a rare treat. Okay. I'll go slow yeah. on that. I very rarely eat <laughs> French fries, but it, it was just a good thing today. I thought, I'm going to get me a hamburger. But um, but I go to a really high end hamburger place. It's not like going to McDonald's mm. or things like that. So, anyway, but there's mm -hmm. there's no excuse. I know you. Probably, mm -hmm. But anyway, um, well, I like I said, I cheat. <laughs> now I gotta be careful what I eat around you because you're gonna be looking at my plate. Okay, <laughs> that that looks safe, Kathy. Nah, she shouldn't be eating that. You give me the eye. I know that you give me the eye. But anyway, I always, I always tell people, I always tell people that I don't uh, care what you eat unless you're paying me uh, to work with you. 
You're funny. <laughs> but I noticed that you helped a lot of people in the networking groups throughout Utah, and I've heard your name quite a few times. And and but I did not. I always thought you sold a detox product, but I never dreamed that you. I did not know you were a coach. Oh, I think maybe I did. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Slap that on my hand. But you know, you're more years, and you're certified, and almost like a doctor of health and nutrition and uh you know yeah. i've had them on my show too but you know with your education you probably went back and re-educated yourself that's really good that mm -hmm. i'm really impressed with that michelle and uh yeah, thank you oh boy but uh, yeah i'll invite you over you can look at my cupboard and you'll probably say okay kathy what is this doing in here and i look at the date i noticed too i got into some of my friends they have the date of their you know, product is kind of old. I go, this needs to be thrown out. Like, oh uh -huh. no, but it's my favorite. But what's your favorite? It's been in there for how long? <laughs> Two years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I moved when I moved to Utah a couple years ago, and I lived with my mom for a little bit. Uh -huh. And I came in and I cleaned out her cupboards, and she had so much stuff that was expired, Ooh. and she freaked out because I got rid of so much stuff. <laughs> That some of the she had stuff in her refrigerator that had expired like five years before. Ooh, that's nasty. <laughs> I now I may have some um, spices. I think I'm gonna go through my spices and look at my dates, and I mm -hmm. think I'm just gonna toss those. Now, why is spices have a um, a date on it? I mean, it's just spices. Yeah, it's not like they go bad where it's gonna poison you or make you sick or something it's they just lose their flavor and their oomph so um that's the biggest reason why they put a date on it because then they're just they know like if it's oregano it doesn't really taste like oregano if it's been you know right. expired for a year or two mm -hmm. so you want if you're cooking and you're into cooking you want those spices and those herbs to really taste like what they're supposed to because you want your food to taste amazing Mm -hmm. Well, Michelle, we're going to go into a commercial commercial break, but I want to talk about some fruits and vegetables, you know, the, okay. bad, the bad and the good. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. I love talking about that. Okay. Well, we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, this is Sabrina, the owner of Math Beast EQ. I believe mathematics is the most important subject students should learn, but sometimes traditional schooling isn't enough. I have a classroom space in Bluffdale, Utah, or we can use Google Meet or Skype. Call me at 385-515-8600. Let's help your student become a beast at math so they can be a beast at life. Hi, my name is Drusilla. I am the founder and owner of Drusilla's Closet. I've created a unique system to organize your pantry and kitchen. The system also works great in various parts of your home and garage. Also in my closet, I have unique furniture, art, and decor. You can find us on Facebook, Drusilla's Closet, or call at 435-224-224. 9266. Hey, this is Rocktop Construction. Rocktop is a family owned business based out of Utah. 
We specialize in replacing worn or storm damaged roofs and understand how to assist homeowners with property claims. For reliable service and the best value on a quality and energy efficient roof, call Rocktop Construction at 801-567-1234. We have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's 801-567-1234 to find out more about how we can protect your home. Thank you for staying with me. I'm sitting here with Michelle. She's a professional health coach. So Michelle, we were going to talk about vegetables and fruit. And is there a difference with that too, with um, the organic, the difference between organic to what you see in the grocery store? Yes, absolutely. So when I am working with clients, I use the EWG's list, and the EWG stands for the Environmental Working Group, and you can find them at ewg.org. And they have a list of the clean 15 and the dirty dozen, and there's actually more than 15 and more than 12, but it's a good guideline. Mm -hmm. So things that are on the dirty dozen are things like strawberries, apples, lettuce, peaches, thin skin stuff, things that attract insects and have to be heavily sprayed. And those are the kinds of things that you don't want to eat um, conventionally raised because you can't wash off those pesticides from the fruit. They mm -hmm. just, the skins are thin and it gets embedded in the fruit. Wow. And then there's other things like um, that are on the clean 15 list like cabbage and cauliflower, broccoli, onions. And these things don't attract pests, and so they don't really use pesticides on them. And so it's okay to save your money and buy that kind of stuff um, conventionally raised. Interesting. This is good to know. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you ever go shopping with your clients when they come to buying food and, and help them to? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that actually is a service that I offer, and um, I have taken my clients grocery shopping. I've taken them on a tour of Costco, and I actually did it. Um, I had somebody film me going through Costco, and it's on my YouTube channel. So if you go to my YouTube channel, Michelle Sala, and I think I did it back in September, and it's about a 53-minute video um, going through Costco and showing people what's healthy, what seems like it might be healthy, but isn't necessarily. And so I take a tour all through Costco. So if you want the free version, um, check me out on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Do you also to do a Zoom um, group to where you can take a group and they, you know, they're on their phone, they're Zoomed and they, you take them shopping and they can ask you questions and stuff. And you're with them while they go shopping, even though you're in the comfort of your home. That I haven't, I haven't done that. I'll give you that ideas. Something that I could do. Yes, that's a good idea because I'll take you with mm -hmm. me, and you know, and, and um, yeah, for I don't know, twenty five, forty bucks, wherever you charge, and you can go shopping with me, mm -hmm. and and say, okay, cat, and tell me, and I'll say, then is this good? You'll say no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> say then read the yeah. ingredients and then get me trained. And I mean, I don't mean to say mm -hmm. be weird about it, but you know, sometimes some people need a little push and or get fed up and mm -hmm. 
And, um, but you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's just interesting that we need to. People text me stuff. People go shopping and then they text me pictures of, is this okay? Is that okay? Really? I don't, I, I'd, I'd rather have you yeah. live. <laughs> I'd rather have yeah, you live. No, I, I like that. Come with me, you know, go shopping or do a group. And even though we have our favorite grocery stores and we just go and, um, like in the East Coast, they had Piggly, Piggly Wiggly, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, South Carolina. You heard of that grocery store? That's a funny name, but it's called mm -hmm. Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know it. where they get that name from, but anyway. But um, mm -hmm. um, that's you know what I mean. You just go to wherever, right? You get a group, and then we just you take a shopping, and and um, especially mm -hmm. when you're helping with them with their diet and getting them back on track and. And um, mm -hmm. when you do the diet thing, Michelle, do you stay in touch with them? Or are they on like a program that they have to report in to you and, you know, exercising yeah. and things like that so I, to report in? So I have a 10-week program and I meet with my clients either once a week or every other week. And so they are accountable for... Um, you know, what they've been eating. And I'm not an exercise specialist. I'm not a, a physical uh, personal trainer, mm -hmm. but I definitely um, encourage movement and whether it's walking or hiking or going to the gym, I think it should be fun. And I think it, it should be something that you're doing several times a week. But um, I don't really put people on a regimented, you know, exercise program. I just encourage people to do what is fun for them and what they're going to actually do. Mm -hmm. And what about for those who are not meat eaters, even though there's some out there who love to eat meat, and mm -hmm. um, what, what would you do to help them if they, you know, but they eat a lot of carbs, that's probably what it is. Yeah, so that's a tough one. The people that are resistant to eating meat then tend to eat too many carbs because the things that make you feel fuller are the starchier vegetables and um yeah and breads and those kinds of things i i have a hard time with uh vegetarians and vegans quite honestly i don't it really isn't a good fit for me because i really feel like animal protein is healing it helps to build muscle and it helps satiate you. It um, makes you feel full longer. Mm -hmm. So we need to be yeah. healthy. So what you're looking at is for people to be healthy, not just to go on this diet and to starve yourself and or be a um, right. Yeah, I oh, was it sixty, forty, whatever vegetarian <laughs> that you you know you only eat a little bit yeah. of this and that's it and good luck and. Yeah, I, I had known some friends mm -hmm. who did that, and man, they looked like they were starving. And uh, but mm -hmm. then later they got even more heavier than they were. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'd rather just feel healthy, but yet knowing I'm eating good. Does that make sense? Right. Because a lot of it's yeah, generic, absolutely. you know. Um, some mm -hmm. people may look heavy, but they're not really heavy. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. so people that look heavy, but they're not really heavy, that puffiness is actually inflammation. Ooh. 
Okay. So I have had clients, um, I've had clients that think they want to lose 20 pounds and I put them on an anti-inflammatory diet. So they're eating foods that don't contribute to inflammation. So it's, you know, foods that aren't processed, it's whole foods and it's getting away from carbs. And I'm thinking it about one person in particular. She thought she wanted to lose 20 pounds. She lost eight pounds and she looked like she lost 20 pounds because she got rid of all of that puffiness that came along with her old diet. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's good to know. And what about mm -hmm. stress? Stress makes you puffy, doesn't it? Stress. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> stress makes you puffy. It makes you resistant to weight loss because when you're under chronic stress, you're producing your, um, Adrenals are producing a lot of cortisol, and cortisol is a stress hormone, and it just, then the cortisol makes your blood sugar raise, and then you produce insulin to deal with the increase in the blood sugar, and you're just storing fat and holding on to fat. So stress is definitely a diet killer. Even if you're eating very few calories. If your sleep is bad and your stress is high, you're going to have a very difficult time losing weight. Okay. Another thing that I see out there, and it's coffee. People going to the coffee shops. Mm -hmm. What's, how do you feel about coffee? I love coffee. It's my, it's my favorite vice. Uh -huh. um, so coffee is... America's number one source of antioxidants. So um, I really? am totally fine with coffee. Yes. Really? Coffee that is organic. Uh -huh. um, I drink a couple cups of coffee in the morning, but I, you know, it's organic coffee. Coffee is sprayed with a lot of pesticides if it's um, not organic. So that's going to counteract the antioxidants in the coffee. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're eat, drinking organic coffee and you're putting organic half and half or cream in it, coffee is a great source of antioxidants. It helps to wake your brain up in the morning. The problem is the people that use coffee to support their energy throughout the day. So if you're drinking coffee all day long to help prop up your energy, then that's a problem. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. So the best way to do is just do it in the morning and that's it for the rest of the day. Couple cup. Yeah. Yeah. When you say a couple cup, I never knew there was organic coffee. Oh yeah. I buy it. I buy organic coffee beans at Costco. Really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I gotta check into that. And is there, you can see, you can taste the difference. Does it have a lot of caffeine? Is it give you, give somebody who hasn't had coffee in a while the jivers and stuff like that, or or go slow with it? Well, yeah, that's an interesting thing. There's certain coffees. Um, the cheaper the coffee, then the less chance that the company has tested it for mold. Ooh. So there are some brands of coffee out there that um, are tested for mold and they don't have mold and it's not actually the caffeine that causes the problem for people. 
it's the mold. People are mold sensitive. So how coffee is produced is it's picked, it's sprayed, you know, most of it is in South America and other parts of the world. It's not really produced here in Uh this country, except for maybe like Hawaii. And um, so the, the coffee is, the beans are picked, they're laid out to dry, they're fermented, um, there's a bit of a fermentation process that happens, and then they're shipped all over the world. So it's really up to the coffee producer to test it for mold, test it for pesticides, and that sort of thing. So a lot of people that have issues with jitters and headaches, it's, they're actually more mold sensitive than they are caffeine sensitive. Wow. How do you get rid of mold if you got it into your system? What would you do? Call you. Oh, my gosh. It is that. It's so tough. We have to call you, right? Yeah. Just call me. Actually, you have to call somebody else because mold is a tough thing. So mold is, mold illness has a genetic component. So people that are sensitive to mold um, have... They have the genetics for it, and then they get exposed to mold, like through a building that has had water damage, and it triggers this inflammation cascade that is an autoimmune response to the mold. Uh-huh. And it is very, very, very difficult to treat. I, I pass those people on to the mold specialists now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because wow. it's a very it's a very tough condition to deal with. What about yeast? I hear people get yeast in their system. Yeah, yeast is super common because we've all taken antibiotics. So many people eat too much sugar, which feeds yeast. Um, so sugar does. Yeast is a lot easier. Hmm. Yeah, sugar is a yeast food. So. I, that's something that I suffered from for many, many years is yeast overgrowth. I was always itchy. My scalp, my every part of my body itched. And when I changed my diet and I got rid of carbs and I got rid of sugar and took the proper form of uh, probiotics, I was finally able to get rid of the yeast. So that is definitely something that I can help people with. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because I, I heard about yeast a lot. Or they go on a diet, yeah. they have to um, get rid this will get rid of yeast and all this other, like vinegar. I've heard about vinegar and a few other yeah. things that help get or maintain it or something or help reduce until you get healthy. Now, would a heat stroke, not heat stroke, <laughs> would a heat um, uh, lodge that you go to, would that help with yeast? Mm-hmm. Would that help, you know, when you sweat that stuff out um, in your system? And then you try to a good eat good. Question. I think it would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I think the diet part with yeast, though, is the most important. Is you want to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> you want to be eating things that don't feed the yeast. So, um, animal protein doesn't feed the yeast. Non-starchy vegetables won't feed the yeast. Um, but even starchy vegetables, if you're really having a candida problem, can be the wrong food for you while you're trying to deal with the candida problem. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's 
Wow. And, you know, that the Wutsala Sweat Lodge, like yoga, you know, go to the Heat um, Lodge there too, or a sweat lodge or a steam room yeah. and a workout gym would help probably. Um, mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. lots of water, lots of water, water, water. And always, yeah. Okay, that's good. And, and water is actually, I'm glad you mentioned water because most people are drinking the wrong kind of water. People are buying bottled water. People are drinking water straight out of the tap. And tap water isn't really healthy for you. They use, they put chlorine in it. There's um, arsenic and other chemicals that are leached from the ground. And uh, people really need to be considering reverse osmosis systems for their home and other kind of water filtration systems because even places like Utah have poor water quality for drinking. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I kind of noticed that. Um, I buy this like pitcher and it's supposed to clean everything out. And, uh, and I notice a difference when I drink that compared to a bottled water. Mm -hmm. Now, um, if you if I was going to buy bottled water and I'm out in, you know, Candido mm -hmm. or whatever, <laughs> I needed some water, where <laughs> where would I, what type of bottled water would I want to get? You know what I mean? What If I was well, just out there yeah. and I'm like... You would want, the best kind of bottled water is the water is, water that comes in glass bottles because even plastic is problematic. You don't know how the, the plastic water bottles have been stored. If they've been in heat, then you're leaching out the chemicals in the plastic. And these chemicals in the plastic actually mimic um, estrogen and it can contribute to breast cancer in women. It can, can uh, contribute to cancers in men. Um, in children because we are so bombarded with these estrogen like um, toxins in our environment um, little girls are actually going into puberty earlier and little boys are going into puberty later because they are so bombarded by these estrogens in our environment so that's one of the reasons why drinking water is so important and it's very difficult to get the right kind of water um, that's bottled yeah, I noticed that on your website, I just saw it briefly, and I saw water. And uh, do you sell water, or do you recommend to purchase it here and there? I don't sell water. Um, I There's a few systems that I would, like, recommend. Um I would love to have like the one and only system that I think is amazing that everything everybody should buy, but I haven't found that system yet. Mm -hmm. If you rent or you don't want to put in a RO system, which um, which is reverse osmosis, where you have to you know drill a hole in your counter and put an extra spout, I recommend a system called Berkey. If you have a, the right kind of faucet and you're renting, you can just screw on this unit that's um, from Aquapana. That's what I use because I rent, mm -hmm. and I, I'm not going to put in a system in the, in my apartment. Um, 
the pitch, the pitcher systems make your water taste better, but they don't get out enough of the toxins. Wow. Wow. Interesting. So uh, you've been doing this for nine years. So what do you think of the uh, coronavirus, the Corona-19? What I mean, I bet you that shocked you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, of course, it's devastating. Um, however, from the beginning, I've taken the stance that you can protect yourself from the coronavirus by um, maintaining your a normal blood sugar, normal weight, taking the right supplements. And I think the reason why so many people have been hit so hard is because of their metabolic state. And we hear about, well, perfectly healthy people are dying of the coronavirus. Well, what they're not telling you is that these people are overweight, they had high blood sugar, their vitamin D was low when they were admitted to the hospital. Um, a lot of these people have metabolic syndrome, mm -hmm. and doctors ignore this. Unless you're like a full-blown diabetic or full-blown um, heart patient, these, when you're on that borderline, people get ignored. But I don't understand, so I think that's Michelle, I don't understand this. There's, Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but there's people out there. I have friends that are athletic, athletic, went to the gym every week, took their vitamins, and they still got corona. I, I was well, like, no corona, way. Yeah. They got the virus. But did they But did they get it, and then they it went it passed through, and they're fine now? Because yeah, yeah. I they know didn't a lot get, of people, yeah. They didn't get hospitalized because a lot of people got hospitalized. Mm -hmm. There's some that are my friends that got hospitalized, and then there's some that didn't, okay? But my one mm -hmm. friend that got hospitalized, oh, my gosh, he's healthier than uh, an ox. So excuse my French, but, mm -hmm. you know, he's very, very healthy. But he got it severely bad mm -hmm. and got put in the hospital and then got sent home. He was in the hospital for 21 days. And wow. I was still shocked. And I told my other friends that, hey, such and such got it. They're like, no way, not him. You know, if he gets it, then we're, we're, we're doomed. <laughs> you know? And well, I kept getting thinking, it, oh my gosh. Yeah, getting it and surviving it is one thing. Uh -huh. And they're, so they, when somebody is admitted to the hospital with coronavirus, they um, measure their blood glucose uh -huh. and they measure their vitamin D. And there's statistics out there, and there's actually studies that show that people with the worst outcomes have the highest um, blood sugar when they were admitted to the hospital, and they have um, the lowest vitamin D and are deficient. And so there are people out there that over-exercise, and they think that they're healthy, and they think they're right, they have enough vitamin D, but they don't. So, men, men are that the one. The ones that are real sick, really bad, are men. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. men out there, if you're listening, please take vitamin D. Look at what you're doing, taking. Well, make that, sure the vitamin yeah, D. Yeah, absolutely. Because all and everyone I know, I don't know any women who got it. Because I think women are very cautious on their vitamin D. But it was men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you got me thinking. Mm -hmm. The ones that got really severely sick were men. With the mm -hmm. coronavirus, I don't know a woman that got thrown in to the hospital, but it was men. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. There's something else I want to talk about. And I know it's, it's you love it too. And it's wine mm-hmm. and your champagne. Uh-huh. What's the difference between the yeah. wine and champagne when it comes to nutrition? Now, would I want to drink wine more or would I want to drink the champagne? Um, I think one, I think they are equal because one is just carbonated and the other isn't. So should I drink the car? Why should I just drink bubbly water? (laughs) You know. Well, it depends. I'm just teasing you. If you want a little fun, if you want a little fun, then I'm all for a glass of wine or a glass of bubbly here and there. Mm -hmm. So since I've moved to uh, Utah, I'm very bummed because I was ordering wine from a company called Dry Farm Wines, and they curate wines from around the world, Uh and they... And I'm actually have an affiliate relationship with Dry Farm Wines. I just can't get them shipped here to Utah. Uh-huh. But they test all of their wines for uh, pesticides and um, additives, sulfates and sulfites, uh-huh. and residual sugar. So these wines are actually, if you're on a ketogenic diet, these wines won't knock you out of ketosis. Now, you can't drink a whole bottle by yourself. Right, but um, if you're going to drink wine, these are the wines that you want to drink. Hmm. Have you ever been to a, uh, you know, wine tasting? Uh, oh yes, I lived in the wine country in Santa Barbara County for eleven years, so I've been to many. Oh, okay. So you know the difference mm-hmm. between so you know the ones the one that you just mentioned that. You know, well, you're close to Las Vegas. You could just have it shipped to Las Vegas. Get yourself a P.O. box of your wine. <laughs> or yeah. know somebody to and just drive down and pick up your 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 case of wine. Hey, I, that's, I you know, if you, do that, yeah. If you're in, you know, I mean, you're only six hours away from Las Vegas. Just have it, you know, shipped to one of the casinos. They'll take it for you. They'll hold it. Yeah. <laughs> just say, just get a room. <laughs> And put it in the put it in the room. I do have some friends in Las Vegas. Actually, I've never thought about having stuff shipped to them before. Okay, we'll do Not it. A bad idea. Yeah, you can go down and see them, and and just give them a bottle, and okay, take the rest. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it I think it'll be a good idea, Michelle, to do a Zoom or face to face or whatever the other network you know, the um, networks that you could use to see somebody face-to-face and have them go shopping, go grocery shopping mm-hmm. with them and, and uh, you know, and, and do the cupboard thing too, the refrigerator and the cupboard. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see what you got well, in there. Why don't you be my, you can be my first, uh, my first refrigerator clean-out Zoom. How's that? Okay. We'll test it out. You're probably looking, well, Kathy, there's nothing in there. I go, but what about this? Oh, it has a date on it. Ooh, it's, you yeah. know, two years old. It's sitting sitting there for a while. Uh-huh. So, you know what gets old is your ketchup and your mustard, some mm-hmm. of that stuff. You know, you eat this in the summertime and yeah. you, you leave it in there for a long time. That's what I notice, or even my ketchup. You know, I would have like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's been in there for what a year and a half. Yeah, <laughs> you should put. You should get a sharpie and put the date when you open it when, and yeah, when you stick it in your refrigerator because the expiration date is one thing, but if you opened it up 
eight months ago and you haven't touched it, even though it hasn't reached its uh, expiration date, you probably should get rid of it because it's been open that long. But what about stuff that's in the cupboard that, you know, Utah's known for their storage, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. stock stuff up for storage for those rainy days. But anyway, I noticed when I went in there, I thought, ooh, I got ketchup and I got fancy oils. Mm-hmm. And I looked at dates and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like a year ago or it's even, forgive me, maybe a tear. tear <laughs> but then I don't want yeah, to throw it away. Yeah, you just got to throw that away. Are you serious? Like, it hasn't been opened. <laughs> yeah, I okay. know, but it just, it's been sitting there. got to get rid of it. Even yeah. if it's in the dark cozy place right i just have to throw it out well you got uh, your own risk <laughs> then i call you i'm sick yeah. <laughs> but anyway um I so told you. <laughs> yeah yeah you probably yeah you did you did tell me so um what are your locations that you would go well i guess because now everything's viral so you can be you can help anybody anywhere you know, any- I can. I actually have clients um, all over the country, mm-hmm. and if I have people that are local, I love to see people in person. Mm-hmm. But I have clients in North Carolina. I have clients in New York. I have a client in New Mexico, Idaho, Washington, Oregon. So yeah, with Zoom, I can reach people anywhere in this country. Well, anywhere in the world. Um, I don't do my true cellular detox outside of the United States because it's too hard and too expensive to ship the supplements that you need to take mm-hmm. for the detox. So that's limiting if they want to do the true cellular detox. Hmm. I'm always too nervous to do detox. I'm afraid I'll get sick getting doing a detox. Do you ever any of your clients get sick doing a detox? No, that's the great thing about the True Cellular Detox is it's a three-part system. So I, th- I told you about my um, client who was detoxing too quickly. So the first 30 days of the True Cellular Detox, you're taking supplements. You're not even actually detoxing yet. You're taking supplements to support your kidneys, your liver. You're taking a probiotic, you're taking the right omegas to repair your cell membranes. So the first 30 days, you're just um, preparing your body for the detox and you're cleaning up your diet. Mm -hmm. And then the second 30 days, then we add the oral chelator that starts pulling the toxins out of your cell and cells. And um, if people are having a strong detox reaction, it's very easy to slow down the detox. So that's the beauty of this protocol is by slowing it down, you don't undo the detoxing. You're just making the client more comfortable. So um, it's healthy for your body. For people, right. And so my the people that I've had the hardest time with are people with Lyme disease <gasps> and people with mold. Mm. But for everybody else, it's very simple. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, this is this is so interesting. So, what would you say to my listeners about the um, coronavirus? It's still happening today. There's still people getting sick. Mm-hmm. 
I just heard from, oh, someone from our group, um, Jim and his wife. They're tested positive. I'm like, no way. I, I, I'm just shocked. And he's always wearing a mask. So, you know, and he's very cautious. But how did he get, I mean, this blows my mind. Blows my mind. But uh, would you say it's a different yeah. time, with different levels of the coronavirus? You know what I mean? Because some people get really severe and some people don't. Right. I would say know your metabolic status. And that's something that I can test people for. You want to know what your A1C is. You want to um, know what your vitamin D level is. You want to have, eat a clean diet. You want to be eating things that are nourishing you. Um, and you want to be supplementing with zinc and vitamin C and glutathione. Those are the things that I take on a regular basis. Wow. And you can buy those capsules that I, you can take on a daily mm-hmm. basis? Or do yeah, you, you can buy them in capsules. Or the uh, food. The zinc, I, have a liquid, I have a liquid version that I sell that I really like. Um, I also have another formula that combines zinc and C in a capsule mm-hmm. so it's just you know what people prefer mm-hmm. i like liquid because to me it gets to my system faster you know yeah. i want that quick and fast and healthy now what would you recommend for you know there's children nowadays that are obese i see a lot of that mm-hmm. and uh what would you do with a child you know because they're so growing and there's certain things that yeah. they need So the problem with children is we have become such a snack society and food is a reward. Uh And so part of the problem is um, kids eat so much processed food that has changed their taste buds so that they don't appreciate like just a piece of grilled chicken or vegetables that are steamed. So they're so used to things like chicken nuggets and fries and these foods that have these preservatives. And these foods overexcite your taste buds. And so then when you eat the, the real version of that food, it tastes boring. And so parents are frustrated with feeding their kids and they just give them the easy way out. So... Parents really need to be an example for their children. Children need to be eating what their parents are eating. Mm-hmm. If their parents are overweight, then the parents need to work on their diet first, and then they need to be, you know, an example to their children. But the incessant snacking where there's always chips and cookies and candy and all of this, is that's not a normal way to eat. If you look at European countries, kids eat breakfast, they eat lunch, and they eat dinner. They eat what their parents eat, and they eat regular food. They're not eating fast food, and they're mm-hmm. not eating processed food. No. So we have to get back to this natural way of eating mm-hmm. in order to combat the childhood obesity because these kids are already pre-diabetic in their teens. Michelle, when I was over in Europe, I went to Italy, traveled through Europe and France, and I saw um, in department in a grocery store 
and it said Americans are overweight. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And the, it was a big picture. And why are they eating the way they, they're eating? And, uh, but when I was over, in, especially in Italy, you would love it. I mean, the fruits, the food is so fresh. And the right tomatoes now, are huge and red. And, and the oils and the vinegar, eat, they don't have what we mm -hmm. eat here. So, and also, too, I don't know about your upbringing, Michelle, but I, my mother is Italian, too. I, mean, I have a Sicilian mother, and um, oh. she cooked a lot. But it was, and she was skinny. <laughs> That's another thing, too, I got to let you know. My mother, my sister and brother were always on the thin side. I'm the one who always had to watch my weight. But um, I never got fat, but I was, you know, just had to be cautious. But anyway, she always cooked, you know, the real stuff. You know, it wasn't the stuff they have today. And, yeah, and we had dinners. And we didn't eat snacks in yeah. the middle of the night. We didn't eat right. potato chips and things like that. That was a treat if we got that. Today, right. um, parents are just giving their kids anything. And I think because they're working. You know, the mothers work and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, sometimes we have to, you know, that's sad in some ways because we have, you know, some of the mothers have to work mm -hmm. to make the living or have provide for the, the household. And, um, right. and then children gets, you know, oh, just have this pot pie, you know, or have this, you know, the commercial sells on TV, you know, mm -hmm. fast and easy gets given to them. And, you know, yeah, where yeah. you and I, probably grew up where we didn't have that you know we had our moms cook our right. dinners I come home and there was mm -hmm. four o'clock in the afternoon there's a full-grown meal waiting and I didn't gain weight you know but because I ate my vegetables right. and my you know cooked meat and you know and uh yeah everything was homemade made too so mm -hmm. yeah it's different very very different today and um you know, I love bread, and I know that's full of carbs. But what would you say to, to a bread lover? You know, someone who loves bread. Yeah. So I was a bread lover, and I had to cut out bread about eight or nine years ago because my I was having such bad gut issues, and I was in a bad marriage, and that's what. The part of my body that gets takes the brunt of my stress is my gut. So I was having severe acid reflux and my stomach always burned. So I put myself on this um, very severe elimination diet and I cut out wheat and pasta, bread. However, after eight days, I realized that my chronic lower achy back and hips, that's I still was super active, but I just kind of chalked it up to, I guess this is what happens when you turn 50. Uh -huh. I, all of that achiness went away. So for me, it's, it's no big deal for me to not eat bread because I just feel so much better. I don't ache. I don't have that achy hips. And so I just look at bread as an empty calories. Yes, it smells amazing, and maybe once a year I'll take a bite of a roll or something, but I'm so used to not eating it now that I don't really miss it. What about soda pop? How do you feel about soda pop? 
Well, I've never been a soda drinking drinker, um, but it whether it's diet or regular, it's just poison, and it really has no place in somebody's healthy diet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a tough habit for people to break. Yes. What do you think about iced tea? Or tea, teas, you know, I people are tea drinkers. Yeah, tea has a lot of antioxidants in it. Uh-huh. And so I think tea is great. It's The problem is people that drink sweet tea and it's full of sugar, mm-hmm. then that, it's like drinking soda. So if you're just drinking freshly brewed tea, then that's, it's a great beverage, mm-hmm. whether it's caffeinated or not caffeinated. Just don't put sugar in it. <laughs> Just don't put sugar in it. Right. Yeah. What do you think about these um, herb tea, like herb teas and stuff like that? I I always oh, wonder. Oh, I think they're great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I drink uh, um a cup of dandelion tea almost every night before I go to bed. It's great for your liver. It's great for your kidneys, and it brews up really nice and dark. And yeah, I love dandelion tea. Hmm. Yeah, I want to bring you back on my, you know, we're running out of time here, but I would love to bring you back, Michelle, again, you know, maybe in a couple months or a month and a half. And because there's so much to talk about when it comes to food, about women's diet to a man's diet. And, you know, because I know you're doing a program pretty soon for women, but what about for men too? Because there are men that are obese, you know, or... They go to the gym and they keep working out, working out, but they can't just lose the weight. They just, you know, I still got this gut and, you know, like I, this is what I see at the gym, you know, they, they mm-hmm. got great arms and chest and everything, but then they got this gut and I'm like, there's something mm-hmm. they're eating to create that gut. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's on a man's, but then there's some men that don't have that problem. There's thinners a whistle and, you know, then they want to mm-hmm. gain weight. But, um, just a real quick thing here, Michelle. My sister and mom and my brother growing up, they used to take pills and stuff to gain weight. They were underweight. Oh, I hate those kind of people. I know. I used to, have to watch them. I was normal. I was just normal, but I used to, have to watch yeah. them. And I'm like, you know, you're going to pay back, you know. But I mean, they still look good today. They don't have to do it anymore, but. My younger days, I would sit there and watch them. They would have eat these horse pills. They taste pretty good. I tried one of them, but I did. You know, my mom told me to be careful. <laughs> you don't want to take that. But um, and they went to doctors and all kinds of stuff, trying to gain weight. Isn't that funny? <laughs> oh. Wow, I wonder what was in those pills. That would have been really interesting to know. <laughs> that was in the 70s, so I don't remember. I have no wow. idea. They had a good taste, and they were like mm. big, fat, you know, chewable mm-hmm. kind. They were yummy. They would eat those. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And they would eat so much food, but they just don't gain any weight. So There's some people like that. What, why is that? Why Why do they not gain weight? And yet, I, I'm okay. You know, I always. So there's different. So some of it is their metabolism. Um, some of it is your gut bacteria. So depending on your gut bacteria there are certain there are like probably thousands of different types of bacteria that can live in your gut good and bad so you definitely want to have like more good than bad but there are certain strains 
of gut bacteria that promote weight gain and certain strains that promote weight loss. So this is part of that whole candida topic. Mm -hmm. So if you've got these gut bacteria that actually extract more calories from your food, and then if they're extracting more calories from your food, then your body has to deal with those calories. So it could even be a difference between them having more of that good bacteria that deals with the um, excess calories and you having a different flora that extracts more of the calories and you're gaining weight because of that. So yeah, the gut bacteria could be a huge factor. Mm. This is interesting. Well, Michelle, I want to thank you yeah. so much for being on my show. And uh, yes, I want you to come back because now when I see you at networking meetings and stuff like that, I got to be careful what I eat. But, um, or because yeah. I know you're going to be watching me. But no, but that's okay. I don't mind. And I probably will use you, especially when it comes to my refrigerator. Maybe I'll take you shopping with me and say, okay, is this good? You know, am I doing, you know, just to, it's, I probably know what to do, but it's always nice to have that. Do you know what I mean? It's like hiring a coach, you know? I'd love to. You know? Right. So. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, you have a great evening. And your information as a health coach to get a hold of her will be on her profile. So she'll be out there on everything from iHeart, Pandora, Podbean, everywhere. So thank you so much for listening in. And thank you, Michelle, for coming on. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. Have a great evening. I'd like to thank Michelle. She was so fun to have on the show. She will be back. We've learned so much about health and nutrition. But for the rest of you, stay tuned for, I'll be on next week for more more guests coming on. And... And also, too, I'm going to be starting a late night show, too, with a lot of my celebrity friends. So tune in and uh, with me later and uh, watch me on my website, um, the KathyLeeParkerShow.com. You have a great evening and thank you so much for tuning in. Bye bye.